once we take full responsibility and accountability of our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the, the despair, the anguish, the fear, the, the joy, the, the wonder, the excitement, the love, the lust, the, the jealousy, the guilt, all of that, once we acknowledge and accept that that is, that is in us and of us, of our own creating and our own relationships that we've chosen in life and our own decisions for the career that we've chosen, the place that we decide to spend our time, whether it's a geographical location, whether it's a religious organisation or industry that we've chosen to be a part of or not be a part of anymore, whether it's a political uh, alignment that we've chosen, whether it's campaigning against 5G or campaigning against vaccine safety or campaigning against this, that and the other and animal welfare, we have chosen that path. So if we create anguish from that or if we're creating despair in ourselves or frustration in ourselves... We chose that. We chose to battle against the, the system or we've chosen to run away from the system or we've chosen indifference to it. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Hey guys, welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week I have an incredibly special guest on the show, the amazing, the one and only Pete Evans. Now I know there's a lot of people out there that like to give Pete a hard time. There's journalists who would love to bring him down or make him look stupid. And there are some medical experts and academics and all sorts of people out there who like to challenge him on how he thinks and shares his information. Having listened to his Evolve podcast for quite some time now, having had the pleasure to speak with Pete on stage, I even had the amazing pleasure of marrying him and Nick on their beautiful property. So I feel I know him personally. And I have to say to you, this man is one very special soul. If you take the time to listen to the way he interviews, if you take the time to listen to what he has to share, you will see there is a man who thinks deeply you will see there is a man who really does want the greater good for all. And I hope through listening to this podcast, you will get to see a side of this incredible human in the way he loves to think and the way he loves to share information all around what it is to evolve as a human being. Now, his thoughts may be controversial, as I said, and you may not necessarily like everything he says, but tell me one person in the whole world who you love everything that they do and say. I invite you into this podcast with an open heart and an open mind. And I really do truly love the fact that in this podcast, Pete talks about how the only thing we have to focus on starting and ending is getting to know our true selves. Lock up, guys. It's a really cool show and I cannot wait to share it with you. Make sure you check out the notes so that you can follow all the links that we talk about in the show, including the different podcasts that he talks about, the book that he talks about. And I even had the pleasure of being on his Evolve podcast show a few months ago. So I've put the link in there as well. Please also don't forget to follow the amazing 28, the sponsor of this show, 
find all the links in the notes and make sure you know that there is an incredible discount opportunity for all of those who go to 28, that's the word 20, the number eight, dot com. Please continue to give me the most incredible feedback. I'm loving all your comments and feedback back on the Facebook page, KimMorrisonTraining.com. And also, please, if you don't mind, a five-star rating just helps us to get the information on the importance and the absolute number one belief that self-love is the greatest of all assets we could ever own. Take care, guys, and I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to the show, gorgeous Pete Evans. You know, I have had the absolute privilege and pleasure to not only speak on stage with you, but consider you a dear friend and, for want of a better word, a bit of a soul brother. You're not just an amazing television identity and author and an incredible chef and all the things that you do, but I would like people to understand and meet the real amazing, soulful, energetic Pete Evans. So welcome to the show, Pete. Hey, thanks for having me, Kim. Hey, sweetie. So first up, could you tell me what's your definition of self-love? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the, the X-rated version? <laughs> Give us or the, both. Or the G-rated version. <laughs> I think they both are appropriate. <laughs> oh, well, because I've done podcasts on sex and I've, I've done podcasts on, on self-love and, and what it means. So I, uh, to be honest with you, I've never actually asked myself this question, but seeing you're asking me, I'll, I'll, do, I'll give you my best definition. And it means following your heart mm-hmm. and not your broken heart or damaged heart or bruised heart or wounded heart. It's about following your, following your whole heart. Now, what does that mean for me? It means... Of following your intuition, facing your fears, uh, looking at yourself in the mirror and embracing all that you are. And it was interesting. I, I had a chat with somebody the other day and we were talking about how our, our identities are formed through, through our fears and insecurities. And the great analogy or the great story that this person told me was, you know, if you ever see a baby looking at themselves in a mirror, they're not judging themselves. They're not seeing any flaws. They're not seeing any mistakes. They're not seeing any hurt or abandonment or this or that, you know, they're looking at themselves in awe and wonder and they're looking at the world in awe and wonder. And that's how I believe self love. That's where we start. And that's where we end is everything that we look at, including ourselves we have to look at ourselves with awe and wonder and with no judgment. And I was recently in Costa Rica on a, on a plant medicine journey and that came to me on the second night of drinking medicine. And it was actually the download for me was look at everything in the world with awe and wonder, even the difficult challenging times that we sometimes face, look at it with awe and wonder and curiosity and, and, uh, Uh, an opportunity for growth and so many of us get stuck in our past and potentially the fear of our future that we miss that 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 living in the moment of that awe and wonder and I was with a, a friend the other day and it was interesting because I don't spend a lot of time 
with that many people, to be honest with you. I spent a lot of time by myself. I spent a lot of time with my wife. I spent a lot of time with my kids. But apart from that, I am, I wouldn't say a recluse, but that sort of fills up pretty much most of my time apart from the work that I do. So I spent some time with this, this friend of mine for about half an hour in a car and it was amazing the stories that he was sharing with me about who he is um, unconsciously or subconsciously just telling me why he's a victim and he wasn't even aware of it. And after half an hour, I said, hey, um, hey, brother, you may wish to look at the words that you're using to describe yourself and just describe your situation because all I've heard and my perception, and this is my perception only, was you're a victim, you blame everybody else for your situation, you have created a a hole for yourself that you can't dig yourself out of. And this is his words. This is not my words. This is my perception. And it seems like you're just going around and round and round in circles. And I said, maybe the first thing to do is, is look at the language that you use. Instead of saying that everything's so hard, that could be a, that could be a starting point. Or why, why do I have to deal with this shit? Or the other thing that he said is the universe is throwing this all at me. I, you know, when somebody's in that place, finding the light potentially can be very difficult for that person because they are searching for the darkness to, to make them right that the language that that fellow is using was right and that he has no control over the outcome. And it was, it was, I had to use all of my power (laughs) to detach. So I wasn't sucked in to his reality because I, I know what he was looking for and he was looking for, um, that for me to enable him. Uh, I made a conscious decision after I heard the first five minutes. I was like, oh, fuck, this is interesting. <laughs> this, is, this is probably why I spent a bit more time by myself and with my family <laughs> and my wife. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to judge. You know, I'm not here to judge, but this fellow was looking for, for, for a way out. I believe he was looking for a way out, which is why he was expressing it to me. And as you know, once we take full responsibility and accountability of our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the, the despair, the anguish, the fear, the, the joy, the, the wonder, the excitement, the love, the lust, the, the jealousy, the guilt, all of that, once we acknowledge and accept that that is, that is in us and of us, of our own creating and our own relationships that we've chosen in life and our own decisions for the career that we've chosen, the place that we decide to spend our time, whether it's a geographical location, whether it's a religious organisation or industry that we've chosen to be a part of or not be a part of anymore, whether it's a political uh, alignment that we've chosen, whether it's campaigning against 5G or campaigning against vaccine safety or campaigning against this, that and the other and animal welfare, we have chosen that path. So if we create anguish from that or if we're creating despair in ourselves or frustration in ourselves, we chose that. 
we chose to battle against the, the system or we've chosen to run away from the system or we've chosen indifference to it. I, sh- I shared a post the other day, actually. <laughs> I, I, I remember I was on a road trip two days ago. I was driving for nine hours and, you know, sometimes I listen to podcasts. Most of the time when I'm driving, I choose to listen to music and I just press shuffle on my, on my iPod, on my iPhone, and off we go. And it brings up so many memories for me over the last three or four decades of listening to music. And I don't select a play, playlist anymore. I just select shuffle. So it's random. And a song came up for me of this band called Tism, which is called This Is Serious Mum, which is a Victorian alternative band from the 80s and 90s and and the 2000s. And one of the songs that I used to love was called I'm Interested in Apathy. And I was singing along to it in the car and I, I had to look up the definition for apathy and it meant indifference. And... I was like, so I'm interested in indifference. So I'm not affected by anything that's going on. And I thought, it's probably the most spiritually profound song that I've heard. Because <laughs> part of our, our journey, I believe, is to be neutral to anything that comes to us. So we don't react out of a, a past belief system that we've probably have inherited or adopted or has been implanted into us through our uh, through upbringing, whether that be through our parental guidance or uh, influence, whether it be through our cultural influence and society, whether it be through our religious indoctrination, or whether it be through our own belief systems, how that is formed as a protective mechanism for us to make sense in the world. And I thought, I sort of am in- interested in indifference. <laughs> and it's, 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 and what that meant for me, I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty funny because <laughs> the, the lyrics go, I've got the cure for all known disease and I can make money grow on trees. But what I'm really interested in is apathy. You know, do I want to be the saviour of the human race? Do I want to create wealth that's, that's ab- abundant? Or do I want to just go along for my life and be completely content and happy and and love all of the things that, as my friend said, the universe throws at us. But I would like to throw it back the other way and said, what we create out of the universe for us to, as an opportunity to grow or to react in a conscious way that we can develop a new way of dealing with something so we don't repeat the same pattern over and over and over and over and over again, which seems to be the way that most people live life. Now, listening to that band, you know, they're, they're pretty out there and most of their songs are pretty pretty crazy. There's a song called Defecate on My Face. There's a song <laughs> called I Shit Me, <laughs> you know, saying that people shit me, the world shit me, shits me, but no one shits me more than I do, you know. <laughs> sort of happy about that so there has to be a little bit of humor along with this as well and once we can own up to our own bullshit you know and see us for what we really are which is beings of unconditional love and we are here to express ourselves creatively and to grow and to remember back to that young child that young baby looking at itself in the in the mirror just in awe and wonder 
you know, that is to me the journey. That's where we start. And as we will get to that point again of looking at ourselves in awe and wonder, it could be for some people on the deathbed. It could be in the transitional period of once somebody dies and they go through that process and go, fuck, <laughs> why do I take that all so seriously? <laughs> and, yeah, it's, um, and they're probably thinking, fuck, I shat myself a lot during that process. <laughs> and could I have done it differently? And will I do it differently? And so there's my definition of self-love. We shit ourselves a little bit. We, you know, can we put a little bit of indifference out there into the world, you know, and, and realize that we can't control everything. And is it our purpose? I think I've spoken to you before. I mean, uh, my wife and I, Nick live on a farm and I come up here to visit. And, and one of the joys of that is, looking at the horses on the, on the property or, or watching the bird life on the property. And they seem so freaking content chewing the grass, shitting, sleeping, giving each other a little rub and connection and going out and checking the other horses and, and connecting with them, them being on their own. And the bird life I see, we witness even this morning, there were 50 birds, just these little beautiful uh, birds flying around, playing, and they play every morning and nighttime at, at dawn and dusk, and they sing the most beautiful songs. And it's, it's utterly grounding for me in so many ways because they're just expressing themselves. They're not caught up with the coronavirus that's happening. They're not caught up with the SARS virus or the, the swine flu or the mad cow disease or the Ebola or whatever is coming next. You know, it, it, it's, they're oblivious to it. And we've been discussing this recently, you know, with all of this, this fear that's out there. And so, wow, we've created this fear-based society instead of this love-based society. And, uh, and the ramifications are you can choose to tap into that if you like by listening to the news, by surrounding yourself with people that live in a state of fear, or you can choose to go on your own path of discovery and, and realise what's important to you. So that's a long-winded definition for you. You know, it's long-winded dear pete but it's it was profound and it's incredibly insightful the journey that when we actually ask the question what does self-love mean i mean when i looked it up when i was writing the book it was regard for one's own well-being and happiness and i think if we can look at it from that perspective and everything you've just said to give us some insights i really do agree with you on all of those levels one thing you said at the beginning was, you know, our identity and, and looking at that based on our fears and insecurities. If love is the true force, if love is what we are truly about in our expression of self, and rather than hate, but I think I agree with you way more that fear is the driver of the other side. Do you think fear or those insecurities or those self-sabotaging thoughts or that victim mentality serves us? Sometimes, shit, oh, yeah, <laughs> I do, and and I'll go back to the plant medicine journey and and different psychedelic journeys that I've I've been on. Is when you are going through, or once you once you turn up and 
this can be, you know, nobody, I'm not suggesting anybody do the plant medicine journey. It's completely your own choice whether you're called to do it. And there'd be a reason why I've been called to do it. And all I would say is if you, if you are doing it, find a place that where it is legal in the world and do it with uh, qualified professionals to help guide you through it. Um, if you're, cho- if you're called to do it, but part of what happens in these experiences is you step into your fears it, it, it's 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 a non-negotiable <laughs> i think everybody that i've ever spoken to that has undertaken a a ceremonial uh, entheogenic or plant medicine or toad medicine journey has fear of the unknown as something that they they're completely present with and aware of. And by having that present awareness of that fear of the unknown, uh, it could be the, the potential fear of losing your mind and never coming back into this reality as you once were, which is sort of the attraction for some people as well. It's, it's facing our fears. And I just did a podcast with a, with a, a Japanese man called Ken Honda who wrote a book called Happy Money. And I was in Costa Rica with this fella, along with 40 other uh, what you would call light workers. Uh, it, was a, it was a retreat hosted by Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, and Jack's in his 60s. And he invited 40 people from his leadership council, plus friends and colleagues that work in the space of transformational leadership uh, all around the world in the healing modalities. And we all drank ayahuasca together and ken was saying because i asked him i said what was your experience like he said it's interesting pete because i've never he said he's never ingested a drug he said he's only had a beer a couple of times this was the first time he's been properly intoxicated were his words and he said that he saw him himself on the deathbed and what that would mean uh he went through his death process as well and it gave him a, a great appreciation of life now since that journey. And most of the times when people go on these uh, medicine journeys, they do go through a death process, which feels very real. <laughs> and I can tell you it's, it's, it's extremely real while you're going through it. So part of that is part of the hero's journey through this is to face your death before it happens so that it creates a a deeper appreciation of this one gift called life that we get to experience. Now, going back to your default as pure love, and we are unconditional beings of unconditional love, and we get that through the journey because that becomes the realisation through these um, ceremonial journeys, whether it be through breath work, plant medicines, movement, fasting, um, light deprivation ceremonies that people go through or whatever it may be, near-death experiences. What comes out of that generally as, as the default is we are whole, we are the medicine, we are, we are love. And it, it helps us to see that that is our default. But at the same time, there's a paradox that happens by us being human is that if we let's just say that 
my perception of the world is that there's one universal consciousness. Some people call it God. Some people call it source. Uh, I like to call it universal consciousness. So say that once you experience that, which you do in some of these journeys, that we're all connected and there's just one consciousness. But then when we're back into our human form or human experiences, experience, we're just one point of that universal consciousness. Now, we feel like we're separated from that most of the time, but we're actually the whole. Now, for that universal consciousness to experience itself, it goes through, it, it has no judgment, but for it to experience itself, it has to experience pain, it has to experience fear, it has to experience love, it has to experience in our human uh, earth suits. It gets to experience all of those things. And when you can step outside of judgment and just feel into all of those experiences, because I don't think there's a, there's a permanent state for us as human beings to be in that state of pure bliss and love the whole time, because that would be transcendence. We're here on a journey to, to experience everything. And I'll give you a, a definition of, of or an experience that happened when I uh, intaked or ingested toad medicine, which is the strongest psychedelic in the world, mm. is you experience everything in that journey, everything that ever has been, everything that ever will be, but you aren't experiencing it. You are it. And that is the universal consciousness from my perception or perspective. So when we're on our journey of existence as human beings, as Pete or as Kim or as whoever's listening, it's nearly, it's, I see it as a gift to experience all of these things. But how you react to it, that therein lies the opportunity for self-love to self-love all of you, to self-love everything that is happening. For instance, I mentioned 5G before. I love that that is happening because, and here's my outward extended view of this, is that this potentially could be the turning point. This really could be the turning point for people to wake up. And if it's not this, it could be this, this virus that's going around. If it's not that, it could be um, what's being discovered about safe vaccines, for instance, or it could be something to do with glyphosate, or it could be a combination of all of these things that are the tipping point for us to evolve out of the current vibration or frequency that the earth inhabits at the moment. So I, I sort of get excited because even today I've got emails from people going, I've got someone saying, hey, can you get on this anti-vaccination thing? And I'm like, that's not, that's not for me. Can you get on this for 5G? We want you to support this. I'm like, well, it's not calling. I'm not being called to do that. And I have no expectation on this except something's going to happen in the future. I have the trust and acceptance that everything is perfect as it is. And 
words of a, it might sound a little bit strange, but I don't eat popcorn, but I sort of sit here and watch the world with my, with my fake popcorn, you know, <laughs> my, my illusionary popcorn, just watching it all unfold and trust that everything is in balance, everything is perfect, the vibration is lifting, but for that to happen, potentially there might have to be some, some bad shit that goes down for the next awakening. That, that might seem a little strange to some of your listeners, but I, I do trust and I, I do what I'm personally called to do in my own space and I don't take on every single campaign or, or thing that people ask me to do because I know my own limitations and I know what keeps me in balance because I've, I've, I, tr- I ran that race of trying to change the system and that system's not ready to be changed just yet. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, if I couldn't change that system, or we couldn't change that system currently. What's the best way we can do it? Okay, let's just word of mouth, live by example, keep sharing, keep sharing, keep sharing in a way that I'm, I don't know all the answers and I'm still curious because I think once we think that we know how to change the system, we'll beat the system, we'll fight the system, <laughs> then we're fucked. <laughs> I, had a, I had a guy recently I visited in LA and, and he's really fighting the vegans. And I said, what are you doing, buddy? What is this? I said, why? He goes, oh, they're wrong. I said, well, how do you know they're wrong? And how do you know you're right? He goes, well, because this is what happens. I said, yeah, but think about it. I said, let them go on their journey. I said, I went on that journey and I, I discovered ill health because of it. You went on that journey. You discovered ill health be- because of it. So many of our friends and colleagues all went down that path first to get to where they are now. So trust in the process. Let them go down that path. If ill health follows them, then so be it, you know? At least they're caring about the planet. They're caring about their their own bodies. They're caring about the welfare of animals. There's only one real change that they're going to have to do, and it's a very small one. I said, why don't you join forces with the vegans or the vegetarian movement and combat the 90% of the people that have no fucking idea about any of this? I said, wouldn't that be better than proving you're right just because you're along the journey a little bit further than some of these other people that have to go through this to discover that their belief systems need to be challenged. You know, if someone is so hell bent and I was 30 years ago, nearly when I decided to become vegan, I thought, fuck, I've got it worked out. And I shouted it from the rooftops to my parents, to my work colleagues, Oh, you're you're destroying the planet by eating meat. You're going to kill your health. Two years later, I was suffering. I was like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. I got it wrong, right? And could you imagine if I try to influence everybody to do that? That's why it, t- it took so long for me to come out as being paleo. <laughs> I was like, and, and I'm the first one to say, hey, if it, if it no longer serves me, I will change my belief system. Now, here's a deeper thing for you. So I'm going to go back to the Costa Rica on the plant medicine journey because some people have gone, drank plant medicine, become vegan, right? Mm-hmm. So I asked the question in the journey, which I'm not sure if you've been on one of these journeys or quests, but you get to have a wonderful conversation with 
your higher self or, or source consciousness. And I asked the question, I said, what is it? Am I going to become vegan after I drink this medicine? Or because you're in my system now, because it's a plant medicine. Because I'd heard all these stories of these people that were eating meat and they drank the medicine and they became vegan. And the, the conversation I had with myself, which might sound strange to people, but it's an, uh, uh, you've been through that path. This path, the next path for you, Pete, is actually going hunting to kill your own animal because th that for you is part of your journey. And I was like, okay, well, this is really interesting. And then I said, what about the people that are raising their kids vegan? You know, because I, I've publicly stated that I do not think that is a wise choice for you know, on a nutritional level for people to do, you know, with all the information that we know about the amino acids, uh, the proteins and the fats that, that uh, growing babies and, and, and children need. So I asked the question and straight away the answer came in and it was very, very, very concise. And it said, Pete, after all the work that you've done in mind, body, spirit, medicine over the last 30 years, how can you not understand that if a parent raises their child vegan and that parent has unconditional love for that child compared to somebody that raised their child on a paleo or even a standard American or Australian diet and that parent didn't have love for that child and imposed their fears and insecurities onto that child, it said, who do you think? would be a healthier child? Would it be the child that has unconditional love from its parents? Or would it be the child that has been forced into fear and insecurity and other belief systems from the other parents? I was like, oh, fuck, okay, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. And, and then it said, how do you know that that child that is raised vegan will not go on to become a very wise person when it comes to their own nutritional beliefs, just like some children that are raised in a religious sect or, or ideology to break free of that or to grow from that experience. Like, uh -huh. So it's, it's the removal of judgment of how other people live their life that I believe is, is what self-love is about as well. Yeah. And, I, and I interviewed a guy the other day, a, a brilliant mathematician, probably the most revered mathematician in the world his name's robert edward grant and i just released the podcast and he was great and i asked him what what he thinks our purpose is on the planet and he said it's really simple pete from a mathematical spiritual musical vibrationary light consciousness model all we are all we have to do is get to know ourselves he said that's our purpose Get to know ourselves, get to know ourselves in the way that we think, the, the way that we believe, why we believe, why we think the way that we do, and remove judgment. He says, if we create judgment on somebody else, it's really an opportunity for us to look inwards to find out what that trigger is for ourselves. So it's this ongoing journey of discovery inwards instead of outwards. And, um, yeah, that's the journey I've been on for what, quite some time. And I'm loving you and I love your podcasts. I'm really enjoying these. I love the deeper conversation. You know, about a decade ago, Pete, I had the opportunity to sit at the feet of His Holiness, the 12th Kenting Taisatupa, who was the educational head of all Tibetan Buddhist monks. Mm -hmm. And I spent seven days at his feet and then I had the opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one with him. 
and I was so blown away that he said he had this cute face, a smile, he speaks better English than the Dalai Lama. But he said, what's your question, child? Why is it humans have to struggle? It's almost like struggle is a part of our belief systems or our journey, our experience. Why is that? Why can't we just have a nice, easy, cruisy life? <laughs> and, and he chuckled and he just looked at me and he said, oh, my dear, in order to have the light, we must experience the dark. In order mm-hmm. to understand high, we must have low. Mm-hmm. And in order to understand love, we must always understand fear. And I think that was a very similar thing to what you're saying. And I want to ask you something on this then. How do you explain a two-year-old dying from leukemia and a 90-year-old that's eaten maybe in our view not the best foods, drunk all their life, maybe even smoked all their life, and one night they go to sleep and they don't wake up? Mm-hmm. How do you explain that one, Pete? It's interesting. I interviewed a fellow the other day called Jason Reynolds, and it'd be a great one for you to talk to. Talk to. Mm-hmm. And here's here's what he said, and and I, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. So don't don't quote me on this. And please, Jason, if you're listening, um, if if I <laughs> if I butcher your words, <laughs> he said all disease. All disease, whether it's in a, in a child, whether it's in an adult, grandparent, whatever, you, a human being, it's we take on other people's energies. We take on other people's fears and insecurities. So to answer your question, uh, obviously every single person is different. Every single person has a completely different life journey and and let me explain to you this because this might help with the two-year-old that's dying from leukemia or the miscarriage or whatever it may be right so i went and visited one of my therapists the other day and i occasionally have nightmares and in my day-to-day life i go through it pretty pretty cruisily (laughs) i won't say i don't have challenges i I enjoy the challenges and i enjoy the peace and contentment and the growth but of a night time when i go to bed sometimes in the middle of the night i jump out of bed i go into this 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 frightened state my subconscious kicks in and goes fuck (laughs) and i jump out of bed and you know it's pretty pretty full-on so I went in to see my therapist who works, uses a technique called neuroemotional therapy or technique, and we haven't really gone into these nightmares before. I said, mate, fuck, everything else is sweet. Let's, let's nail in on this. He goes, okay. And everything happens for, for a reason. Again, I believe that. And, and when we're ready to peel back a layer of ourselves or peel back the, light, the onion, light, the skin of the onion or the layers of the onion, then we're ready. So... We discovered that through the technique that he uses, that it first originated when I was three months in utero. So when mum just found out that she was pregnant, she started to spot bleed. And as you're aware, when that happens for a woman and when they're pregnant, it creates all types of fear and insecurity. Oh, fuck, what's going on? 
um, is this baby going to die? Is it going to miscarriage? What's the deal? And my father at the time and my mum and father separated pretty quickly after this, um, a couple of years after I was born, he continued to have sex with my mum through this period when she was spotting and she didn't have the power or strength to say no. And, you know, without any judgment from me, I'm so fucking glad that I'm here to Mm. experience this. But every time they had sex during her pregnancy when she was spotting, she thought she was going to lose me and I was going to die. So going into the therapist's office, I said, okay. So we found out through the muscle testing at three months old and we just discovered this in another uh, situation that that was happening when I was three months old. I go, fuck, that makes so much sense because if you think about it, if you think about the baby in the womb, me in the womb, it's dark. I have no control and I've taken on my mother's fears. So when it's dark, you know, there's, there's a, uh, a pattern or a connection for my subconscious to come into, which, which, which is a life and death situation because that's what my mum thought about all the time. And it's going, it's happening for me at the moment. So it was brilliant. So now we know, and I just interviewed uh, the therapist that worked with me last week. I, I interviewed him about this because I wanted to share this information. And he said, you know, scientifically proven, or babies while they're in the womb take on their mother's emotional belief systems and fears, insecurities, the whole lot. So it's, it's nothing new. It's just that so many of us are unaware of how important that part of pregnancy is, not only for the mother, but also for the, ch- the unborn child. So, and, and I, I don't want to paint a picture here or connect dots, but what, how do we know what, hasn't transpired during the pregnancy for that child when they are born to have certain fears or insecurities about life and will they manifest them into a way that creates disease now i'm not saying this is 100 percent rock solid i'm just saying it's it's an idea that's out there that seems to be backed by some pretty regular scientific scientific um research these days so and and this is then not an attack on the parents saying that it's their fault. Again, we can't blame anyone for any situation because that could have been that person's life journey. If, and again, if we go even wider into the spiritual realm, you know, and what could be learnt from that experience for that family or for whoever it is that's associated with that death and despair and, and anguish what is the, it's, no, not to, I'll, I'll go back again. What is the repercussions of 5G about to hit? I watched a video yesterday where they're in a Senate inquiry and a senator asked the telecommunications board saying, how many studies have been done on this? And it was Robert Kennedy that shared this. And they said, none. We've done no fucking studies on on the health and safety, the the safety of 5G technology, blatantly. They said, we have have no idea. Recently they shared an interview from uh, the World Health Organization from December, just recently, 
2019 about what safety measures are in place for vaccines and the new vaccines. And they said, the head of the vaccine and CDC said, we need to do more studies because what we have aren't really up to date and there's no one governing us to make sure that we're safe. Now, that's not going to make mainstream news just yet. That's the, the 5G hasn't made ma- mainstream news just yet. But there's evidence out there now where the leading authorities in, this, in these chosen fields are saying, we sort of don't know what, what the repercussions are. So that's why I'm sort of sitting back going, hmm, well, let it unfold. What happens, happens. Look after yourself, your immune system. <laughs> you know, uh, practice self-love. Practice non-judgment. And whatever the outcome is of this or future technologies or future medicine, if enough people get affected by it, human beings will band together and demand change. I mean, we always have, you know, when things get out of balance to the point where our survival is at risk or the planet's survival is at risk, we step up and... I trust in that process. So, again, going back to the baby or whoever, how they live their life and, and, and their, their date of expiry or date of death, um, I, I can't judge that, but I would say it's multifactorial. Yeah, I agree. What a beautiful answer. Does Pete Evans ever have more than just one or two dark moments like a nightmare? And if he has or he's got through those... How on earth have you created a pathway for you to learn from them as opposed to become a victim to them? Oh, interesting. So I just <laughs> I just got a message shared to me and I'll read it to you actually. I just <laughs> reposted it. <laughs> so uh, a doctor, a heart surgeon or a heart doctor, yeah, heart surgeon, just posted something yesterday and they were trying to be funny, but I'll read it to you. If you do run out of toilet paper, here are some suitable alternatives. So this is a response to the coronavirus Mm because people are buying toilet paper. (laughs) They said, here are some suitable alternatives. Anything written by Pete Evans. Um, Then it goes on, I was the first one. Then uh, comma, medical medium, comma, Jason Fung, comma, Mark Hyman, comma, Dr. Oz, the How Not to Die book and Fifty Shades of Grey. And it says, don't worry, it is the most useful any of these books will ever get to be. Now, here's a health professional, and what I find humorous about this is she's a heart surgeon. Now, think about that just for a minute. Yeah. Here is somebody that has been called to work on people's hearts. Interesting. Think of just think about that from a from a from a, a broad world view as to that person's profession. Yet here this qualified professional is sharing this information, slandering people, which I get that she's trying to be funny, but as you would, as you know, we've helped hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people around the world through the work that we we both do and all do, especially Jason Fung um, uh, and the others. We've helped so many people out there, or we've 
that the people have helped themselves through the information that we've shared, right? That's right. We haven't done anything. We haven't helped anybody, but the people have chosen to take on some of the information, whether it be a little or a lot that we've shared and deciphered what works for them. So she's just belittled everybody that has empowered themselves to improve their health. But what I found really interesting is just the vocation that this person has chosen to do. Like, we are often presented or we choose paths in our life for help to help us grow and to help us see who we are. Now, that person is looking into, I don't know how often they operate or she operates on people, but she's looking at what we would call the heart centre and the place for unconditional love. And yet at the same time, she feels it's okay to throw shade at people. And um, it'll be very interesting if she, I'm not sure if she's done work on herself in, in the spiritual or emotional realm, because that to me seems like a cry for help. And I went to her page just to see who this person was, because I was tagged in it. And I'm, I'm always curious, like, oh, let's, let's have a little sticky back here. <laughs> and there was selfie after selfie after selfie after selfie. I was like, oh, this is interesting. He's a heart surgeon. It seems like, you know, my perception, and I could be completely wrong, but crying crying to be seen, crying to be heard, crying to be validated of her own importance and yet and then throwing shade under the bus to other people, again, to lift herself up. So I, sh- I reshared it and I, I wrote the simple thing. I said, it's very interesting to read what our health professionals share to their audiences. I said, feel free to share your own story about improved health from following the work from any of these people listed. I said, I have a podcast with Dr. Jason Fung also, if anyone is interested in listening. I said, by the way, this person is a heart surgeon and I send her love for her heart. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to answer your question, do I have dark periods? If I had read that a few years ago, I would have been offended. Mm. Whereas now when I read that, I'm like, oh, brilliant. This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity, one, for me to grow. How do I react? Once upon a time, I would have gone, fuck, fucking fuck, 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 right? Mm. Whereas now I'm like, I sort of have a chuckle. I'm like, fucking brilliant. (laughs) Because this gives me an opportunity to raise the vibration. I won't slander her or them, but I will raise the awareness of what I believe is sending love and beautiful messages out into the world. You know, I'm not here to fight with this person. I'm not here to do anything other than, you know, but. What what have you done, though, to go from there to where you are now has that taken a long process and a lot of work on self a lot of therapy you've mentioned a lot of self-nurturing what has been the pathway for you to get from there to there because in my experience Pete we we all have been hurt by other people what they've said or we've allowed those things to hurt us but those of us is it age is it wisdom what have you done what would you say to the listener how to get from being taking offense to to actually seeing an opportunity for growth because what she's written has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It's got nothing about me at all. It's got nothing to do, to do with me. There, for somebody to write that, I, my perception would be severe insecurities of their own self-worth, 
their own, uh, what they're giving back to the world. And she's a heart surgeon. Fantastic. You know, we need people like that. We need qualified professionals doing the work that they're doing. I'm a, any, you know me, Kim, I'm a huge <laughs> proponent and um, I, I applaud the modern medical system plus our ancient wisdom. And I believe that we need both working harmoniously together. You know, as I've said many times, if I have a, a car accident, please don't send me to a naturopath. <laughs> If I break my leg on the skateboard ramp, you know, I want to go to a, somebody that's qualified to deal with trauma and put me back together, you know. And for certain situations, medications out there seem to be a great path for some people, you know. And for other people, or a combination between modern and ancient wisdom seems to be the path for some. Other people like just the alternative route. And, I, and again, I can't judge, you know. I would say... Like myself, I'm open to all possibilities. And to answer your question, I've had probably a thousand sessions on myself that I've actively and consciously seeked out from neuroemotional technique therapies to body work to spiritual work to energy work to physical work to herbalists to homeopaths to integrative doctors to brain professionals that are going to an MRI scan or whatever CAT scan or whatever they do, you know, and I'm not a scientist, but I'm open to everything because I feel like once we close off our, our, once we close off onto something, whether it be pharmaceuticals or the alternative route, then we're missing out. Mm. And I, I'm open to such a I'm, beautiful way of saying it, Pete. And I think, the real key here that I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is like what you said about that beautiful person you interviewed is to know thyself, get to understand yourself and through the pathway of self-discovery and understanding perhaps your constraints, your, your strengths or your past or your, your, your history, your experiences, would you say then have, have rituals been a part of that growth mindset for you? Has mm -hmm. um, physical activity been that connection with nature? Could you give us your, your top rituals that you do in order to nurture your soul, heart and spirit? Yeah, oh, one of the most important rituals I, I do is I go and see professional people in their chosen fields that work with emotional well-being, that work with belief systems and patterns, that work with energy to remove it or balance it, whether it be acupuncture, whether it be chiropractic for spinal alignment. And I know you're a big fan of chiropractic work and your friends are and acupuncture and mm -hmm. ancient techniques, uh, shamanic uh, yes. roots. Um, I, I, I've always been curious in this, whether it be meditation practices, whether it be enlightened workshops and visiting a Tony Robbins seminar when I was 19 and walking on coals, you know, that mm -hmm. was, a, that was a, a, a wonderful moment. And that was only because I was curious of how we can step into our fears to overcome them. And as you said, all the pillars to health, and I wrote a book last year called Heal, mm -hmm. which means simply healthy eating and living. And I listed about 100 of those modalities that I've incorporated into my life that 
minimum of 100 that have seemed to become nearly like the the glue that has kept me together and 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 gotten me to this point you know it, probably in five years time when that person tags me in something and ridicules me i'll probably be at a point where i'll just smile and not call them out (laughs) (laughs) that'll probably be the next part of my journey um you know my mother-in-law talks about the evolutionary spiritual journey it's not so much that we rise upwards if i can picture a ladder going up but she talks about the forward growth and if level 10 is enlightenment utopia universal spirit source then you know some of us are just what we might consider level one souls you know and some Mm -hmm. of us and i think we're drawn to people that are seemingly along further along the process than us how would you how would you describe to people you've talked about Judgment and forgiveness, well, you didn't mention forgiveness too much, but I'm sure this is part of it. But judgment is a very big part of the human psyche. Mm-hmm. Judgment is very much around, even when we look at people that are on the spiritual evolutionary pathway, there's judgment often around that or the different, I have to say the word religion to know hmm. that there's a whole conversation around if that's one thing, how can we all be fighting this? What would be your advice around having a more curious mindset with less judgment, and even add in for me there your thoughts around forgiveness. Mm. And again, I think it goes back to what I said before, being awe and wonder without judgment if we, if we can. I mean, it can be a little bit tricky being a human being sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't lie. <laughs> it's, uh, we, we, I, I uh, recorded the week that I had in Costa Rica and drinking the medicine it was over four nights and we did breathwork ceremonies and the breathwork ceremonies were equally as powerful if not more powerful than drinking plant medicine and there's it was funny because on the fourth day after the third night of drinking medicine the first two nights were so good like there was all these realizations and i've got this yeah i'm on the path blah 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 and then the third night some shit went down in my in my journeys for me to 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 grow from and the the film team interviewed me the next day and i was shattered and i and i just there was there was one line that i said and i couldn't even remember saying it but i said um well a few things i said i felt like i was being shattered over and over again and then put back together in a way that I've never been put back together before, so I don't know actually how to function in this new version of myself. And the other thing that I said was that after the third night of ceremony, I said, just when I thought I knew it all, fuck, I know, I know nothing. <laughs> right? It was like the plague snakes and ladders. I got to the top and all of a sudden I'd use these ladders to get up there and then I'd slid back back down to the start. And it was and watching watching that back, I, I have a smile on my face and I actually have tears in my eyes because of the pain that I perceived that I went through and the shattering of myself over and over and over again and then being put back in a way that at the time – I was like, fuck, am I actually going to get put back together here? Because that's one of the fears when you do drink medicine. It's like, oh, what's on the other side of this? You know, am I going to go to the loody bin or am I going to come back and, um, and be stronger? And I got put back and what I believe is, is a stronger version of myself that's not so reactive. But 
also at the same time, I was taught a valuable lesson that don't think you know everything because life will come along and, and, and show you that you've still got more to, to learn and more to remember and more to, to grow from. And that could just be my belief system playing out in that journey as well, that don't think you've, you've got it all worked out, Pete, you're not smart enough, blah, blah, blah. But, but I think through that process, it's given me a, a, an idea about forgiveness of myself and I'm more curious now about myself than I ever have been. When I catch myself, and this is, the, this is what I think and feel is my journey at the moment, is that self-realisation when that, that those fears or insecurities or those belief patterns present themselves, I'm like, oh, that's that one. Ooh. So what was the trigger for that today? You know, was it, and I watch it play out with my partner. I watch it play out with my children at the moment. You know, anybody that I think Ram Dass once said, you know, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll see how fucking enlightened you are after that. (laughs) Because you will either be a trigger for them and they will react to you Mm -hmm. or they will be a trigger for you and you will react to them because they're still playing out or you're still playing out your your DNA or ancestral belief patterns that are locked in your family. And it's it's really fascinating. So now I'm like, oh, that's funny. Where did that, why am I feeling agitated here? Why am I feeling frustrated? What's this? You know, um, this feeling that I've ha- I've got, what's the trigger here? So I become, I, the best way I can describe it without, I'm not obsessive about it, but I feel like I'm more of a detective to my own emotions than I ever have been. And I see it as a bit of a game now. And sometimes I, I'm, I it plays out without me catching up. I'm like, fuck, I've been... I've been an asshole this last day to myself or to, to other people, and I could have I could have reacted differently to that if I didn't react so soon. So now I'm taking a lot more time before I react to things, and um, and, and just feeling into it. Why do I feel like this? Is it my shit? Yes, it's my shit. But what? What? Why? And if it was something happened with my children or has happened with my workmates or happened with my wife or happened driving my car, you know, and the neighbor came through, I'd be like, hmm, I become aware and present in the moment. And then I usually have a bit of a chuckle going, oh, fuck, you still got something more to learn, Evans. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful thing to acknowledge that? Though? Do you know, I, I, when I was a therapist, when I was very young, I got out of uh, being a sports therapist and massage therapist and polarity therapist way back in my early 20s. And a doctor sent me a client who had struggled with eczema, dermatitis, psoriasis. She was also high anxiety. Her daughter had been killed in a car accident. She'd nursed her Mm. husband to his death with cancer. And the other daughter, who I didn't happen to know I was treating, they didn't speak. It was a fascinating dynamic. Mm. You're going to love this. After six weeks, I emailed, or wasn't emailing back then, I think I phoned the doctor, and I said, Pete, his name was Pete, I can't fix her. I I, I literally can't Mm. do this. And he turned around to me and said words I've never forgotten. Who the hell do you think you are? 
mm-hmm. thinking that you can fix someone. Mm-hmm. I asked you to support her to help heal herself. And the sooner you get off that pedestal of thinking you can fix or change someone else, the better off a therapist you're going to be. Mm-hmm. I got that at 20 years of age. And mm. also at the same time, I was doing a lot of ultra marathons. And I think sometimes going through a very physical exertional experience also pushes us into realms of spirituality or consciousness around who we truly are because sometimes mm-hmm. it's not until we're fully tested that we really do see an insight. Pete, I, I, I want to come down and I just want to spend time with you. I love you. You know how much I adore you and Nick, but I'm so conscious of your time. Could you could you finish this podcast to these beautiful self-love journeys? What would be your final message to people on the self-love path? I think that's, I think you've just nailed it, Kim. It's, you know, Start on yourself and finish on yourself. <laughs> it's a, a completely. I, I, some people would call me selfish in my approach to life, but I, I, I start and I finish with myself. It's and that's that's the only control we have is over ourselves and our own emotions and our own well-being. As your, um, as your mentor said, you can't fix anybody. Mm-hmm. You cannot fix anybody else. And I wholeheartedly agree. You can, you can offer some doors or plant some seeds. And that's the work that I really love to do is plant seeds. And some people get really pissed off at me because they want more. Uh, I'm not your fucking gardener, you know. There's uh, some seeds for you. If you choose to plant them, then go for it. But then it's up to you to water them and prune them and love it and nurture it. And who knows how many seeds you're going to plant. Will it be diet? Will it be the way that you sleep? Will it be the way that you make love? Will it be the way that you talk to yourself? Will it be the way that you engage with nature? Will it be the career that you choose? Uh, I, I personally, I don't give a fuck, you know, And, and that might sound a little bit strange, but if I, I, I just don't have the capacity or the bandwidth that I, I put into um, others' success of their own journey because it's it's pointless because it's for them to work out. It's their game they have to play. But as you said and your mentor said, we can support to a point. And I think the best support that we can give is, is our is, – non-judgment <laughs> well that but but also loving our own selves mm. because if we give if, if people see permission to love themselves you know that gives them the the uh, also the permission to love themselves and i don't know whether you follow me on social media but I you know i share myself skateboarding i share the the the, the joys that i have of life and I do it from a personally selfish reason. And some people say, you know, that inspires me or other people say it doesn't, you know, <laughs> you know the skateboarding one, the amount of people that tell me that I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> seriously. It's like, the fuck? You're, you're, you're putting an expectation onto me of whether I'm too old or not good enough or you're going to end up in hospital or this, that, the other. And without judging them, I go, okay, well, thanks, but what does that say about you? What are you fearful of? 
-hmm. because I'm fully aware of the dangers that happen every time I go out onto the road to drive or into the ocean to surf or to learn a new sport or the dangers of whatever it may be. You know, you don't need to remind me. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty aware of this. But what? It, but I love to express myself creatively, and for me, learning new things, whether it be on a skateboard or public speaking or doing a podcast with you, and you know, venturing down paths that maybe others aren't ready for. That's that's enlightening to me, and it's in, in and it brings me a. a great sense of contentment and I'll, I'll finish this off with you two years ago I was in New Zealand and I was working on my kitchen rules and I sat there at a table and one of the contestants said how are you today Pete I said oh, I'm content and they said to me they said that's pretty boring I said what do you mean they said being content that's boring I said, do you know the definition of being content? And they said, no. And I'll just Google it for you mm. very quickly, just so mm. you, you're aware of and your listeners are aware of content, what it means. And it means, um, sorry, I'm just going to search this up. So I get, mm -hmm. It says, in a state of peaceful happiness. <laughs> and being in a state of peaceful happiness if somebody thinks that is boring or that is a place that they choose not to be in, that's an interesting perception. Whereas for me, being in a state of peaceful happiness, as, as often as I can, and I'm not going to tell you that I'm there all the time, but that I like that to be my default as often as possible. I and, love it. And I think that's, again what expectations are we putting on ourselves to be in this world? You know, is it pure bliss and ecstasy? Because if that's your expectation, that could be mm -hmm. interesting. And why, you know, but peaceful happiness, I, I'll, I'll go with that any day I'm, of the week. <laughs> I'm following your lead, my friend. You're an extraordinary soul, Pete. You know I love you so dearly. If anyone wanted to follow you or if they're under a little bit of a rock and don't even know where to find you, how can we do that, sweetheart? Uh, you can probably go to the Medical Association and just follow <laughs> them and see what they tweet about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only joking. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Or you could go to the newspapers if you choose. <laughs> and, and whatever they write about me, just think the opposite. And uh, you'll, you'll oh, get, probably... a, get a book for some toilet paper. <laughs> get a book for some toilet paper. <laughs> but again, oh, I, I, I do want to finish with this because yeah. I think this is really important as well, is that what I do should have no bearing on how anybody else lives their life. Mm. A question I was asked the other day, and it's a question that I often get asked, is do you drink alcohol? Mm -hmm. And even that in itself is handing over power to somebody else's, how they live their life. So how do I answer that? Do I answer it that once upon a time I was an alcoholic and I used to drink two bottles of red wine a night just to deal with a situation that I hadn't dealt with? Mm -hmm. Should I answer it like that or that I used to snort cocaine because mm -hmm. I wanted to ex escape myself? And 
or do I say that no, I'm a I'm a recovered alcoholic that doesn't touch it anymore, or should I say the truth, which is every once in a while, if I choose to, I'll have a glass of something, mm-hmm. depending on the situation and how I'm feeling. But at the end of the day, whatever I say, somebody will take that and justify it for their own actions Mm -hmm. and so i would be saying be very careful of putting your trust or your expectations onto anybody else that you would consider a guru or even a mentor so because once we pass over our power to somebody else we are denying ourselves that self-love we can go to people for guidance you know, and go to professionals that can help us on our journeys. But again, those professionals are still going through the same Mm -hmm. crap in their reality that we're going through. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anyone out there that's completely enlightened that doesn't have shit that they're working through, to be honest with you. Maybe the person that you sat at the the feet of. um, He might have been one of those. But but even then, even even the choice of language that you use, you mm. use you sat in at the foot of somebody mm-hmm. so does that seem like they're an equal so yeah. it's interesting it's, it's funny it, he, it's, he then turned around to me at one point and he said oh oh young one he said um are you available to be married i think my brother who's divorced four times could do with someone like you <laughs> so he said <laughs> trust me family don't have it all together <laughs> i just i felt very equal and and human and very honoured as we're, a spiritual follower. We're all equal. We're mm-hmm. all one. Mm-hmm. The hierarchical system of this planet, whether it be the royals or politicians or doctors or whatever it is, you know, is is very interesting that we have developed this, whether it be a religious leader mm-hmm. or whatever it is it's it's a fascinating space to be and again i i grab my popcorn and i'm like whoa do you believe that we live in this reality with all of this going on this is entertainment with a capital e (laughs) i'm so with you to me when i do any personal growth workshop or any expansion things it is literally like watching an incredible life movie and I just think that you know sometimes in life we can just choose to be a witness of it get on the train and be a part of it and I loved what you said at the beginning about being curious about finding out who you are about actually realizing that for want of a better word you may or may not agree with me we're all a beautiful work in progress mm-hmm. and we all have the fears and securities and, and maybe constraints and all of those things that's part of the human experience but I loved what you said I just am now getting more and more curious as to who I truly am. And I think, Pete, you're such a, a leader for all of us in this space. And from my heart to yours, you beautiful soul, please give my love to that gorgeous Nick. Please know that we look up to you in a way of absolute awe and wonder uh, in the same way that you teach us to do the same. Anything else you wanted to finish off with, my friend? No, don't forget the popcorn when you're looking at your own life, when you're looking at in, inwards too and, and be in awe and wonder of, of your own stories that you're playing out too. Oh, and, and, they, and they do not define us. They're just an opportunity for us to have more awareness and to grow from them. Oh, beautiful. You know, I hope you've all enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. Just like to finish off as I always do with take care, be kind. 
Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.